Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pastamania, your wrestling time capsule. Uh, we are uh, looking at the three shows leading up to the Mega Powers exploding, starting with SummerSlam 1988, the first ever SummerSlam. I am joined, as always, by my intrepid co-host, Noobs. Ooh, yeah. And Jesse. Uh-huh. I was about to say, I almost started the show with, all right, get them out now. Get out of your system. See, I, before Noobs <laughs> did it, I was going to be, like, resisting urge to quote uh, no. Macho Man out the gate, but it's, it's, it's like so a, much fun. It's like being... Oh, get it out. Let it all out right it's, now. It's like being a, it taking out. a test in class, and nobody wants to be the first person <laughs> to turn their test in. So the first person turns it in, everybody else is like, okay, we're good now, and everybody goes and turns it in. Like, you go well, around the first it, person. See, for me, That's I'm right. thinking... I was just thinking, I got shit to do. Let's go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. One, one more, one more real quick, one more. I'm coming for you, nature. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I was just thinking of that one. Because he died, good. like, two days before that one crazy nut job in California predicted the world was going to end. Yep. And, like, I, <laughs> I will never the forget. Fuck? The, yeah, there was some weird, like, guy was, that was predicting the apocalypse, like, yep. two days before. Like, he had been predicting it, like, with billboards and everything like that for months on end. Yeah. And then... And then Macho Man dies, I think it was like two days or three days prior to that date. And the memes oh in 2011 of just like, Yo, the apocalypse, I'm coming for you from the top rope. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. Uh, I remember this vividly. It was the day before that happened because it was the same day I saw the Foo Fighters in concert. Ah, there you go. I was at a restaurant with my friend who, my friend Erica, who I went to the show with, and we see on the news like Macho Man Randy Savage died. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And the next day, we were driving back. Uh, back, we stayed the night in Memphis uh, with a friend, and we were driving back down. And it was supposed to end at 5 p.m. on May 21st, 2011, and it was 4:59. And I was like, well, if we're gonna go out, might as well go out in style. And like had like because it was 2011, so it was like an iPod hooked up to the radio. So I just we just I started playing Highway to Hell. And we turned it up as loud as we could and rolled the windows down, you know, just in case. Yeah, you, you gotta have some fun. Oh, I mean, I did yeah. for 2012, Howie like that day, you. like it was a party that me and a friend hosted in college. We're just like, well, if we're gonna go out, let's go out having fun. And right? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, we're here, August 29th, 1988. Uh, the number one song is Monkey by George Michael. Oh okay, lord, fair, we're gonna get fair. this good shit. Gonna be like, oh shit, what's that? <laughs> I watched the I watched a little bit of the video for this song because I never heard the song before. And like, yeah. listen, y'all, I understand the '80s were a different time, but how did you not know George Michael wasn't gay? Right? Like, they didn't want to. That's fair. Look, look at Liberace. Uh, R.I.P. George Michael, mm -hmm. fucking wonderful artist. Man, the Rob yeah. Halford stuff is hilarious because it's yes. like, like I I love that, that metalheads like to pretend that they're accepting like, homophobic metalheads looking around right. realizing they're in leather daddy BS, BDSM gear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, those guys, but also the other side where it's like, well, yeah, he was gay. Do you see what he was wearing? Yeah, but he can fucking sing, man. Right. That's that uh. was the excuse. He could fucking sing though. <laughs> Uh, you know how nowadays everybody talks about with movies about how it's nothing but just a slew of uninspired remakes and, and sequels and there's nothing original mm. anymore uh, well, the, number, please. the number one movie August 29th 1988 was Nightmare on Elm Street 4 The Dream Master there we go yes thank you they were bad yep mm -hmm. uh, TV uh, only one big thing on August 6th Yo MTV Raps debuts which was, like, cannot be overstated how important this show was. 
Like, did y'all ever watch Headbangers Ball? Uh, y'all remember oh, Metal yeah. Dudes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watch it all the time. Headbangers Ball exists because of Yo! MTV Raps. Yo! MTV Raps is like the initial like like blue or uh, like blueprint for that show and it like yeah i get it, you it made rap music even bigger like yo mtv raps is one of the most important shows ever aired and and uh like i feel like it doesn't get really celebrated enough it's a huge hugely important show uh not much in video games the 80s were a weird time because there really aren't solid game release dates you basically just a game was out when you went to your local store and they had it They've uh, done Atari by now. Well, like, yeah. Calm down um, know, there. Those I'm are just, some hot takes. Like, right? Those are uh, <laughs> notable release right after August, uh, seeming on September 1st. Super Mario Brothers 2 is released in America. Um, Shit, that's cool. Do, do y'all know the story behind Super Mario Brothers 2? I feel like you might know, so I don't know about you, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah the remapping yeah. of a the, different, uh, completely different game. Yes. Just call uh, it, yeah. So, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 was released in Japan, and it's re- weird to think about uh, nowadays, but like then it was like, oh yeah, no, we released this, it was Super Mario Brothers 2, and it was stupid hard. It was ludicrously difficult. And the idea was, oh, you've mastered Super Mario Brothers, so here's a harder game for you. And A very Japanese concept, I have yes. to say. <laughs> and then they were like, we need to bring it to America, and they were like, oh, Americans can't play this. What are you talking about? <laughs> And also, they were like, listen... Kaijin gonna not do this good. But also, they were like, but we've also, like... We were covering from this... Like, Nintendo single-handedly saved the video game industry. They were... Mm-hmm. The video game crash in the 80s was huge. And yeah. they're very sensitive about that stuff. I highly recommend a book called Console Wars. It's a book about, like, when Sega was releasing the Genesis and, like, Sonic the Hedgehog and all that. And, like, oh, really yeah. going up against Nintendo. Because you learn about, like, Nintendo's crazy business practices Con- where they were like, hey... Like, okay, you're making this game, you're making Final Fantasy 1, cool. You want 700,000 cartridges? We'll give you 500,000. Uh, you can only publish yeah, man, two console games Wars per year. crazy. Yeah, well, even before that, it was like, Nintendo was very strict on like, we're going to tell you how many cartridges you can have, which means how many games you can, how many copies you can produce. And if you're a publisher, you can only publish two games a year, which led to people like Konami starting up shell companies to be alternate publishers because they were like, we're not letting that Atari shit happen again. And it was arguably unethical and illegal, but it did work. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so they were like, we can't just release Super Mario Brothers 2, which is so similar to Super Mario Brothers 1. Americans won't buy it, and it's too soon, and it'll be like the, the video game crash, and it's just all hell is going to break loose. So they took, a video, they took a video game called Doki Doki Panic, which had nothing That's to do with right. Mario, slapped Mario, Peach, you know, uh, Mario, uh, Peach, Toad, Toad Luigi. Luigi, and you played as them, and you yanked radishes out of the ground, and you threw them at enemies and introduced Birdo. Where yep. the fuck is Bowser? The, be- the best, nope, not no. not Bowser. It was a toad that had a crown on its head. Yep, right, right, yep. right. And then it was all a dream. It was all just a dream. It's before oh, we get God. Super Mario Brothers a three, a fever that, dream. It's before we get Super Mario Brothers three that reveals the whole thing is just a play. Yep. Uh, did yeah, you notice hey, that, Jesse? Three is so cool. That That's, is don't okay. Yeah, well, at the, like and, the opening like, makes it look like that. And, yeah. and so at the opening makes it look like that. There's a curtain that comes up, and if you look at the thing, all the like blocks and stuff you're jumping on looks like stage setting. Like it doesn't look. It looks okay, like a that's like, a, cool. like it's kind of hanging there. When you reach yeah. the when you reach the end of the stage and everything goes black, you're getting off stage. That's like, amazing. You're, you're leaving the edge of the stage. Yeah. 
Hilarious. And you can go behind different panels and yep. stuff like that. Like you're going behind the stage a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's it's really fun. Yeah, Super Mario Bros. I remember when I was a kid and I would play I had Super Mario Bros. 3 on like the Game Boy Advance and that one world where everything is just giant. Y'all have no idea how thing. hard it is for me to just open up my Switch and start playing it right now because oh, they right? just released it for SNES Classic. Like, did yeah. I? Did you have I no idea guys... how tough it is right now. <laughs> Noobs, I'm pretty sure I didn't tell you, but Adam, I can't remember if I told mm. you at all. Um, I have to look up the guy because I want to give him credit, but there's this, like, I guess just fan art guy on Twitter. He did um, a cover, uh, just an entire poster of... Um, the Super Mario Brothers movie, but in the style of Don Bluth. Oh, that's cool. Okay. It's fucking amazing. It's on my uh, phone screensaver right now. It's I'm into that. so good. I have to find that guy. But it, yeah, it looks like a fucking Don Bluth movie. And the way he drew everybody is amazing. Nice. Um, But yeah, uh, and then they ended up releasing the real Super Mario Brothers 2 as a part of Super Mario All Stars, which was the uh, all-in-one package on yes yeah, on the Super Nintendo, and it was released as Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels. Uh, okay, the guy's name is um, at Coast Perry K O S P E R R Y Cosmo Colombo Perry. He does Colombo art too, hell and yeah. stuff like that. But but he's very like Don Bluthian. And I'm about to send you guys the... I've seen people say that they should remake Columbo with Mark Ruffalo as Columbo, and I'm here for that. Okay, I sent you guys the cover art, and it's fucking one of the greatest things I've seen in months. Oh, that is rad. I've seen that, yes, yes. It's so good. Very, And he does a bunch of stuff. He has fucking... He he redid um, the entire cast of Seinfeld as furries, and it's really funny. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, but uh, um, the fucking the best thing is Bowser has a rockadoodle do evil bad guy, uh, pompadour yeah. Elvis thing going on. It's glorious. Straight it's out of so fucking amazing. God. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm I done. suppose we should get to the wrestling at the world's most famous yeah. arena, Madison Square Garden, in front of twenty thousand people, with around four hundred thousand folks watching at home. It is the first ever SummerSlam. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon starts us off by introducing the show, and we get this weird jerky frame rate pseudo slow motion intro going over a lot of the competitors on the card that was it's weird so weird like it made miss me elizabeth looks elizabeth just looks like she's like confused as fuck like she's yeah just like where am i it seemed like an opening for a fucking arcade game yeah it looked like something that was on the cutting room floor of cool world uh, oh god wasn't most of cool world on True. the cutting room <laughs> Uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Superstar Billy Graham are on commentary, and I can't believe Billy Graham is the step one Pokemon evolution of what eventually becomes Scott Steiner. Yeah, right? Um, right. And I want to say this now, when I'm hearing him on commentary, I have to remind Dusty myself Rhodes. that it's not Dusty. Thank it's, you. He sounds yeah. so much like Dusty. Yeah. Yeah, just the lisp isn't as strong, but everything else, it's just, yeah, brother, you gotta get in there sometimes. Yeah, fuck it like I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, I just... I hated him on really? commentary. I, what? Was, I, w- I wouldn't go so far as to say I liked him. I kind of zoned him out after a certain point. The only problem that I have is qu- almost... A few of the quotes, though, is just like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Um, like, almost stop. every single match, he 
basically talks about um, going back to the locker room and the showers and murdering people. Basically, yeah. If it was me, I'd take them back to the showers. You know what I'm saying? Find them in the locker room. Find them in the locker room. Find them in the locker room. Every match. Now, what we call that old Bruiser Brody. Like, there's one quote. The build the mod technique. There's one quote. I'm not just going to interrupt. Adam during the match uh-huh. because it's the Heart Foundation versus the BDSM guys. Yes. Um, but um <laughs> he says, and when they and when they're done, they're gonna go home, they're gonna go outside, and then they go do damage to that girl. It's like, what girl? I missed what? that one. Is he do damage? Is he implying that demolition are gonna double team some poor girl in public? Yeah, he said do damage to that girl. And like, go I'm outside. Just like, like, oh boy. It was That's bad. Like fucking... I'm just like okay, That's a time lot. time out, Billy. Time out. Time out. He, I, I can't remember what he said. He said something not nearly as bad as that, but something also suggestive, like some kind of eighties or seventies slang about, you know, fucking earlier too but that that's a different yeah level. he did end up having a stroke on live tv too he's like the bad man the bad news man the bad man ain't getting pinned like that it's like just his brain just like that's all folks match one folks the crowd begin to boo as the fabulous rougeau brothers enter the ring with two tiny american flags and the crowd gets turned up as davy boy yes I like that cheap eat because it's not cheap eat I've seen in like forever. Oh yeah, they're just like we love America, but we're still fucking evil. And look no, at that tiny like, flag. It's not. It's they're so not even good. evil. It's really like we love America, but we're French. It's boo. Yeah, <laughs> that too. I did enjoy. Uh, I did enjoy the Fink um, uh, saying currently to my right as yes. the Rougeau brothers move yes. to his left, like yep. right away. It's like, oh yep. shit, he's calling us out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Davy Boy Smith, a Dynamite Kid, the British Bulldogs are their opponents, making their way to the ring with their dog Matilda, who is Matilda! such a good girl. Matilda's a great, a good friend, good good friend. Like so, such a good girl. So this pay per view talks... made me realize how many animal gimmicks were in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I knew they like... were all there, but I forgot how many. And you think about it, it's like, God dang it! I am so glad that they don't use animals on pay per view, right, Cody? <laughs> right, you dumb fuck. <laughs> no, no. That I heard very specifically that he showed up with fucking horses and they didn't know and they let him use them. No, not the so horses. His I'm dog. About his dog. With oh, the I'm sorry. His dog I forgot next about Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah but fucking um, horse boy brought horses and yeah. no one. And he didn't tell anybody. I mean, the horses are whatever. The horses are... Uh, they're still yeah. animals. What it's do you mean, It's still a giant animal, yeah. It's but like, still I mean, but, like, weird. if it's, like, well... Tra- was, was... I can't remember. Did, was the horse... No, he was on the pyro, Or did no, he, he just, well, like, he was sedated out? as fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, well, The they horses. Almost, they, they almost did that with Undertaker one time, except the horse almost fell in a trap door and died. Like, yeah. it's, it's, riding a horse team No, I'm not saying fine. it's ever good. I'm yeah, just, like... like well, no, I get it. Dogs are cuter, but you know. Yeah, I'm saying like man. riding a horse twenty feet is fine. Having your dog next to explosions, not so much. Look, uh, Pharaoh's yeah. a killer. It's in his eyes. I've seen it's, it. He's a good boy. The only since thing I see in his eyes is pure, pure love. Since we're talking about <laughs> Matilda, how do I get the job of Matilda Petter? Right, there's just the a guy pay-per-view? just chilling next to Matilda, <laughs> just petting her, just That's like making so sure right. she's calm, making sure she's oh, okay. Man. She moves a little bit. He gives her a pet. It's like that man got paid for that. Just job. like just pulls out his best pulls dude. out his business card. Just like uh, you don't know who I am. I am Matilda's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's great. Uh, <laughs> so we've always heard for years people comparing 
Like, oh, Daniel Bryan is is Benoit. Daniel Bryan's Benoit. Eh, Daniel Bryan's Dynamite Kid. Because Benoit's Dynamite Kid. Because Benoit's Dynamite like, Kid. Oh, no, heard, yeah. Those I've, headbutts, man, I'm just like, oh, I've God. heard for years about how important Dynamite Kid is. And how, like, he, uh, he influenced so many people. Especially yep. guys like Benoit and Bryan. But I don't think I've ever watched a Dynamite Kid match. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, I get it. Uh, so... We start with Davy Boy Smith and Jacques Rougeau, with Davy just whooping Jacques' ass up and down the ring. Uh, Dynamite tags in and starts to work the shoulder of one of the Rougeaus, not sure which, and neither did Gorilla Monsoon because he didn't say his name. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Davy and Dynamite tag in and out, working the shoulder in between high spots like Davy and Rougeau trading attempted roll-ups. Uh, thank God Gorilla finally figured it out. Raymond Rougeau. Uh, <laughs> Is getting his ass whooped. Uh, but Jacques, Jacques grabs the legs of Davy Boy Smith as he tries to run the ropes, giving Raymond the opportunity to finally tag out. And Jacques gets in, just working Davy's leg. Work Davy's leg. Work Davy's leg. Irish whip into a back body drop. Work the leg. Work the leg. In case you forgot, it was 1988. He's uh, working Davey. the leg, by the way. What? Davy counters a standing counters a standing monkey flip and tags Dynamite in for the hot tag and Dynamite runs wild on Raymond. And Davey. this is when I realized Dynamite is fucking jacked. Oh, holy yeah. shit! Dynamite, he is, he is shit proto. Good. He's proto Benoit. Uh, he is one thousand percent proto Benoit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was it the Rougeos where like Davy and Dynamite were not the most well behaved people backstage, oh, yeah. and they did something. And it ended up with one of the Rougeos walking up to Davy Boy Smith with a roll of quarters in his hand and punching him in the face and knocking out like or not Dynamite Kid punching Dynamite Kid in the face and knocking out like three of his teeth. Yeah. Uh, Davy calls for the running power slam onto Raymond to a big pop from the crowd. He hits Raymond with it, but Jacques enters the ring and breaks up the pin. Dynamite tags in and gets Raymond in the corner. Delivers a series of punches, but Jacques gets in the ring and suplexes Dynamite directly onto his goddamn neck. Mm-hmm. Yep. That shit that shit would have made Kota Bushi be like, whoa, calm down. <laughs> and time for the abdominal stretches to slow things down again. Uh, yeah, because that's what we need. The, Dynamite gets put in a camel clutch, and he starts to power out of it with like no help from anyone else. Just yeah. getting onto his goddamn feet. Uh, mm -hmm. But the heels cut off of his comeback, and he falls back to the ground. Dynamite continues to get worked over, but he finally gets a bit more life and makes the tag, but the ref doesn't see it, so the ref pushes Davey out of the ring until Dynamite can fight out again and get another tag in. We see that spot, I think, in every tag match on this card. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. Davey attempts to run wild, but Jacques cuts off his drop kick, but then Davey gets Jacques into a gorilla press position and drops him, crotching, on, crotching him on the rope. Then, as he makes the pin, Raymond runs in the ring, but Davey rolls off of Jacques, causing Raymond to elbow drop Jacques into the throat, which is pretty good. Then the ref pushes back Raymond as Davey lifts Dynamite up in the gorilla press position and just yeets him into a headbutt onto Jacques. <laughs> Fucking right! Uh, with Dynamite delivering the headbutt, he makes the cover, but the bell rings as this match has resulted in a 20-minute time limit draw. The two teams jaw, back, jaw jack in the ring, the Rougeaus sucker punch the Bulldogs, and both teams run to the back. So, what I just described does not sound particularly exciting for a 20 minute time limit draw match, but this mm -hmm. is like a really good match. I have it. I have a note that says what a fucking barn burner. Like, I love it. Yeah. Especially for this day and age. 
Like, the crowd was... Like, man, can we go back to 80s crowds? This crowd was... They were horny for this one, y'all. Yeah, like, please. This, no signs, oh, no just, bones, hang, just, like, holding up, trying to record it when... They, they don't know what horny means, it. but they right? are definitely horny. But, like, and even even apart from that, just, like, no smarks, no people trying to get themselves over, just folks that are there who believe everything they see and are just fucking... Mm, wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling! Right. But, yeah, these guys are... Fucking wrestling. The British Bulldogs, like... So, I mean, I think Conrad Thompson asked about it one time on the, on his show about when are the British Bulldogs going to get in the Hall of Fame and he posits that it's going to happen whenever Davey dies because Vince doesn't want a guy in a wheelchair on the stage you mean uh, Dynamite or sorry, Davey's Dynamite. already yeah, Dave, yeah sorry Dynamite because Dynamite's in rough shape uh, but they 100% <laughs> deserve it god damn these guys what a great yeah. match the Rougeaus are solid just a sign of where wrestling would go in the next couple decades. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, I like, I loved it. Um, maybe second favorite match of the card. Um, except I really hate the ending for how long that match went. Like, I understand that's why it ended because the time limit, but like, I mean, the that get is... there sucked. I think yeah, it's that's... just too long. And to have, like, your best four, like, pure wrestling guys just put their hearts and souls out there and go for it and technically not get a reward out of it with a win-loss concept and it's just, oh, time limit's over and you don't get extra time, you know, whatever, we'll do this later, leave, next, next. It's just, I don't know, I don't like it. I kind of miss time limit draws. Like, I feel like time limit draws have been replaced with shitty 50-50 booking. Like, it's a way Maybe. to get both people over without anybody taking a pin. I guess, yeah. Like, it's not... You shouldn't do them all the time. Right. But, like, this match and I, made both of these teams look like absolute fucking superstars. And I they think both, that's my... Yeah. Like, it was like... And, and like, it, it didn't... Nobody lost. Nobody took a pin. Mm-hmm. Nobody moved down in the hierarchy. They both yeah. just look equally fucking good. And it's not something that should happen very often, but... Right. I would like for time limits to come back just as like a this is a sport type thing. Our yeah, my issue, does it. my issue isn't exactly because they ended it as a time limit thing as much as the era itself and for what these guys were doing compared to everyone else. They're the ones that don't get a finish is kind of... If anything, that's them saying that they don't want either team to get hit with a loss. I guess so. They, I like, just, they, like, they really like both of those It feels teams. less rewarding for this era, but that's probably just me reading but into this was the era of time limit of. draws. Like, there were all sorts of time limit draws in this era. If you got a time limit draw, it meant From, like, who, though? Right. From, like, the WWF. Like, Hogan and all them would get time limit draws, like, on TV, on house shows. Like, it means really? that whoever... It means that they didn't want e- either person to lose. And if they don't want you to lose, that's I didn't know Hogan something. got time limit draws. Yeah, every now and again, but it was mostly like tag matches in the mid card. But yeah, like almost every house show, if it was two people they liked, time limit draw. Um, And yeah, on TV and stuff like that, you know, it means that they don't want you to lose, and it leaves the crowd wanting more. Like it, it sets up an an, another match because like this is back in the day of wrestling was way different back then, just the way it was all set up. Yeah, the TV and the pay per views existed to get people to go to house shows. And yeah. so you give people this idea on pay-per-view where it's like, look at how amazing these teams are. Now, do you want to see, like, we're going to do it again. Who's going to win? Got to come to the show when it comes through Ithaca, New York. 
and then you can go and see it for yourself. That's probably really my issue is that I'm definitely not for this time period like that. Yeah. I'm so impatient and and whatnot what? for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. Shut up. Uh, anyways. That's like me. You can go that's on. That's like now. me with a sign last night, Jesse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. I'm sorry. I, hey, at least I admitted it. <laughs> I admitted oh, it too, Jesus God. Yeah, after like an hour, I'm not getting. No, it was it was it, it was kind back of immediate. Uh, news. You got anything else to say about this match? I I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed the show. Fuck of it. you, Adam. I did enjoy Monsoon's line of "Make a Wish" when the show split Davy Boy's legs. Yes, like, that was a yes. really nice line. And then like at one point, they do a crowd shot bef- while the match is still going and it's like unfortunately for a lot of folks that wanted to be here wasn't enough room just like yes. just drops that line he's just like yes, just what enough room like tickets sold out immediately Thousands what the fuck am i gonna do door. about it fuck you yeah, like, <laughs> some fucking ham and egger stopped me outside like i wanted to get in like what the fuck you want from me i stretched him broke him in half <laughs> now there's two people to fit god damn yes it. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, he 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 sprouted forth from both ends like a goddamn earthworm. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> uh, they talk about Brutus the Barber Beefcake not being able to wrestle tonight. Thank God. What a shame. Because he got choked by some dude I'd never seen before, who's named Ron Bass. I'd like to give a thank you to Ron Bass. Outlaw Shout out Ron Bass yeah. for saving us the punishment of having to watch a Brutus Beefcake match. Ron Bass, Ron Bass, kind of busted Beefcake open, and they just slammed a big X on X, the screen. I this loved it. Censored to like hide like, the blood, but like yeah. you saw Beefcake through the X, and like I mean, he ain't bleeding that much. Here's um. Here's the thing. The only time I think I've ever heard Ron Bass be mentioned by someone else is fucking JBL. That should tell you of everything. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Good to know. Right? Uh, Gorilla says that even though Beefcake is wrestling, Honky Tonk Man for the IC title, there will be an IC title in a match. Uh, though they don't quite know who it'll be. I wonder. We shall see. Already in the ring is Bad News Brown, who attacks his opponent, Ken Patera, the moment he gets in through the ropes. Kim Patera. So Kim Patera. Kim Patera looks like Richard Simmons, and Bad News Brown beats his ass up and down the ring. Uh, I've never mm. seen Kim Patera before in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, no, I I had it. Bad News Browns versus Come Again. Yeah, <laughs> like I had never versus. I beg your pardon. Uh, Ken pops Brown with a clothesline, and he gets some offense. And at some one point, he kind of like bonks Bad News with his elmo, elmo, elbow, and Bad News Brown sold it like he got <laughs> shot. Uh, what amounts for a high spot uh, in 1988 as Ken hits Brown with a body slam and then misses an elbow drop as Bad News Brown rolls out of the way and takes momentum back. They trade momentum back and forth and oh Jesus, Ken Patera locks in a bear hug. Fuck bear hugs, man. They are the bane of my existence when I watch wrestling. Sorry, I fall asleep. Uh, Bad News <laughs> gets out and then Ken tries to get him in a full Nelson, but Bad News breaks to the ropes, calls for the full Nelson again, Bad News gets to the rope again. They go back and forth, but Bad News Brown hits Ken with his finisher, the Ghetto Blaster, which is a double-leg injury <laughs> kick, uh, for the win in 633. Uh, for those of you who don't know, a Ghetto Blaster in the 80s is what they called the big boombox that you would walk around with up on your shoulder. Uh, that sure was a match. Yup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely Bad News Brown, and uh, also Ken Patera. <laughs> also, I guess, that guy? <laughs> yeah. Anything? Nope. 
I liked Bad News Brown, even though, you know, I guess you're not supposed to because he's black. That's why I don't fucking know. Uh, he's the guy that wrestled Roddy Piper when Roddy Piper went half black body at WrestleMania right. at one time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All um, I could really think of is how they were describing and putting Bad News Brown. It's like, oh, he's evil junkyard dog. That's all y'all got. You just exactly. got exactly. Fuck me. Like, honestly, that's 100% what he is. Yeah, I know. It's uh, fucked up. Oh man, though, here's that good shit. We go to the back and we get a full on <laughs> crazy cocaine Mega Powers <laughs> 80s promo. As Hogan and Savage just, oh my god. Macho Man doesn't have a neck in this promo. Like, it's... his traps are so. <laughs> when I watched this promo, I realized, like, how did Vince McMahon not go to jail for steroids? Because if you look at Macho Man at WrestleMania 3 against Steamboat and then here. Right? He's a different person. Yeah, You're the it's champ. like you Eddie Guerrero back in 04. It's just it like 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. Fuck uh, yeah. They talk about their secret weapon, who is Miss Elizabeth. And then we are back to the ring. No, wait. I, it just, it just, they sounded like they were constipated the entire time. Like, oh, that's just oh, macho, it's man. the steroids <laughs> brother. Um, can't, but Hulk I don't have Hulk a neck, so I don't looking have for a dookie cords. somewhere, too. Like, it was. Oh, yeah. It was and then Elizabeth's just like, hi, hi. I assume <laughs> cocaine makes you constipated. Cocaine's <laughs> in the drug, yeah. I'm done, yeah. Guys. Uh, it is time <laughs> to go back to the ring. <laughs> and what I'd like to have right now is for all of you Pastamania sweat hogs to keep the noise down while I introduce the next match and show the listeners what a real podcast host sounds like. Yeah. The next you match suck. is Rick Rude against the Junkyard Dog. <laughs> Uh, I am um, rude, man. I went to a house show, a raw house show a few months ago before WrestleMania and Elias was out and he said something about you Tupelo sweat hogs need to like, you know, sit down, put down your phones and most importantly, shut your mouth. And when he said Tupelo sweat hogs, I got, I was like, oh man, <laughs> God, the one thing that I've been a Rick rude chant that I was like shocked by, like I had told you guys last night. Where it's like, shit, he's built out of Robbinsdale, Minnesota. And then I yep. looked it up, and he's from St. Peter, which is the town that basically led to the Minnesota Vikings practice fields for oh, wow. years. And that town was known. The highway that runs through it, 169, goes from nice. 70 all the way down to 35 into that town within like a half oh, a mile. It's that the speed town trap. is known for getting tickets. Yep. Like, <laughs> it was just like, I oh went down God. to Mankato which is the town that, or which is the city that the Vikings training camp was, I went to Mankato for school. So it was like driving through St. Peter. I'm just like, man, this is a dinky ass town. And when I hear he's from there, I'm like, yeah, he would be. He would be. <laughs> the prettiest say, man there. I want to say he might've even gone to high school with like Ric Flair and the road warriors. Like they're all from that area. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Ric Flair used to live in Eden yeah. Prairie, like a fucking cake eater. Listen, Goddamn cake. Eden, Eden Prairie is what gave us Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whenever uh, they make Menards jokes, it's the best. <laughs> uh, Rick Rude does the beautiful thing of having JYD's face airbrushed on his tights, uh, mm-hmm. which has lived on through people like Velveteen Dream. Which is so uh, fucking good. It's great. Uh, J- JYD gets to the ring, and Rick Rude Pearl harbors him with an attack. But JYD immediately recovers and chases Rick Rude out of the ring, and it's time to regroup and get underway. Solid old school psychology. Babyface starts hot, heel takes over, slows thing down, strikes, headlocks, etc., etc., etc. JYD first. Weasel chance. Yes, because Bobby Heenan. 
Beautiful. Uh, is, Bobby is, the Weasel. Yes, is managing Rick Rude, because he managed all the heels at this point. Basically. Uh, Him or Jimmy Hart. Yep. Uh, JYD fights out, takes over, headbutting Rude, with Rude selling the headbutt like a million bucks. Just... Uh, stuck in like a like a Mortal Kombat, you're about to do your fatality to me animation. Could you imagine if Junkyard Dog was Samoan? Oh dear God! Uh, <laughs> but before He'd have actually gone anything, over, yes, Bobby Heenan distracts JYD, allowing Rude to take over. Rude gets to the top rope oh, and like kind of shifts his tights to reveal another layer with Jake the Snake Roberts' wife airbrushed on it. Rude delivers oh, a flying fist to JYD, and then Jake the Snake rushes the ring and attacks Rude, giving yeah. Rude the win by DQ in 618. I had forgotten that this was during that feud, because I remember when I saw JYD's face, I was like, man, I remember Rick Rude having Jake Roberts' wife's face airbrushed on his tights a few times. Did not realize that this was in that era. So when yeah. he did that, I marked out. Uh, <laughs> fantastic feud between those two. Uh... Good match, like solid. JYD, like, there's a book by David Shoemaker who wrote for wrestling for Grantland for a long time, works at The Ringer now, called Squared Circle, Life Death, uh, Life and Death in Professional Wrestling. And it's basically him telling, he wrote a column for Deadspin back in the day called, like, Dead Wrestler of the Day. And he was just right about, like, all of these wrestlers who died early and stuff like that. And and he was basically going to turn it into a book, but he, he kind of discovered through writing it, he was like, no, I need to tell the entire story of, like, American professional wrestling from the like carnivals to today, basically through the stories of all of these wrestlers who have died. Uh, and he gets to a chapter about JYD and he talks about how JYD is like, is the unsung megastar of like the seventies, how he was oh, arguably yeah. the biggest wrestler in the world and just doesn't really get talked about because he wasn't in the WWF when he was at his peak. It was Bill Watts that was, that was booking him at the top. Uh, JYD so over even now like incredibly over uh, solid mm. match Rick Rude's great I love Rick Rude like what are the more unsung people from this era uh, what do you think Nooms I yeah it was fun the again the crowd is so hot for like little things that yep. the, that the faces are doing like those headbutts it's just like what the fuck so good yeah uh, what about you uh, Jesse anything else yeah um I really agree about Rude for the fact that I keep forgetting that he was in the 80s at his prime and not yep. later, despite that's when I first knew about him. Like, I don't even think I realized he was in the 80s for the first couple of years I watched oh, wrestling. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, I think I was like, oh, they just really, really liked him in DX. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I, I think at but, that point, like, what when he had his last match? Because it was way before the DX stuff. He ended up being the one of the ones who had the like Lloyd's of London thing where he couldn't wrestle again because he like insured, like he got this big insurance payment because he hurt damn. his back and he wasn't able yeah. to wrestle again. And they were like, but like, and they were like, listen, if you heal up and you try and wrestle, you got to pay all that back. Uh, and he's uh, like, all right, never mind. <laughs> it's what it's what Mister Perfect did, except he ended up paying it back and wrestling again. Aw. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah so, um, and and yeah, him and Junkyard Dog is pretty good. I like that's why I'm glad we're doing this because I want to watch guys like Junkyard Dog and uh, and oldies and, but goodies and Rick Rude. Yeah, like these guys who I haven't really watched before, and like it's very yeah. different. And I got to go to go into it expecting way different things. You're everything is much slower, and you're not getting big high spots. But like, there's good psychology in this match, and and. Sure. The crowd was hot for it, and it was entertaining. 
uh, just in a very different way. Uh-huh. We go back to the back with Mean Gene, with the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. Gene talks about how the beefcake isn't going to be there, but they're still having the match. Gene starts to talk up Honky's opponent, but Honky tells him, he ain't, don't tell him who it is. I can beat anybody. I'm the best Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion everywhere. It's right. so weird seeing that title with the black straps right now. Right. Like, uh, wow, they or actually him saying heavyweight. that pretty damn well with yeah. the white. But, yeah. wow. Uh, just wait until Spoiler wins it, and uh, it's got a Makes yellow strap. Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yep. Uh, already in the ring for their next match are Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov with their manager, Slick. The Bolsheviks being managed by a pimp as Nikolai Volkov sings the Russian National Anthem. This is a I, whole I lot that it. just happened in that sentence. Fucking yeah. slick, man. I don't, yeah. Good old slick. Fly as hell. You shut your mouth. <laughs> we need more managers nowadays. We yeah. need more managers. We can't just have Paul Heyman walking around. Like, it yeah. was, like, I mean, we did have a, we did have Lana, Rusev, yep. but we're waiting yeah. for them to make a surprise return at the Royal yeah. Rumble. Or Sammy is technically like a manager right now. True. Sammy is, yes. Yeah. Kind of good. God, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Oh, Selena Vega. Selena Vega, yes, yes. But she yeah. is also, like, an active wrestler. That's the she thing. Like, but I she don't... only wrestles when she's, like, when they yeah. need more bodies. <laughs> like, Which is, a Which is ironic. She's a good wrestler. Like, I would like, I would like to see them do more with her. Of, like, hey, we're gonna, like, just have you wrestle, like, your own feud that isn't necessarily associated with, uh... With with Andrade, Andrade, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Nikolai Volkov is cut off by the music uh, for their opponents, the Barbarian and the Warlord, the Powers of Pain, marin- managed by the Baron, aka Baron von Raschke, who is an old school wrestler from like the sixties. Yeah, like I was looking wow. at him, I'm like, the fuck is this? Yeah, I'd never man? heard of him before. I'd heard like I've heard like Pritchard and a couple other people mention Baron von Raschke, but I didn't know much about him. So I looked oh God. in and and he like he's an old old school guy. He's 78 and he looks like Gollum. You're right. You're right. Damn. Uh, oh, he's an pow- NWA guy. So yeah, these these four guys are the definition of beefcake. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Just, just two, like, kind of squishy ham hocks versus just two Labs. chiseled meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beef, 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 yes. beef. Uh, the powers of pain hit the ring and immediately start brawling with the Bolsheviks, which is how way too many matches on this show have started. Uh, the yep. powers of pain take out Boris and double team Nikolai. The teams take their respective corners, and this match can truly begin. Powers of Pain in control early, but the heels cut the ring in half. Double Team Warlord. Uh, Slick keeps wanting to help the heels on the outside, but the Baron intimidates him into backing off. Warlord gets, Warlord gets to the corner. It's time for the Barbarian to get the hot tag and run wild, kicking Nikolai right the fuck over the rope into the outside. Mm-hmm. And then, great double team. Powers of Pain hit Boris with a double flying shoulder tackle, then a scoop slam and a flying headbutt onto Boris for the win in 527. Got the Powers of Pain over. Just a standard, you know, tag team psychology. It was what it was. Uh, What do y'all think? Yeah. I was trying to just... Sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's just it's just a good match. It it was an yeah. okay. I mean, not good. It was just an okay match. It, just... it got over the people it needed to get over. It it filled its purpose. Yep. How about you, Jesse? 
Yeah, it was fine. Um, I just wanted to see about these guys, and I think the most interesting thing that immediately pointed out is the Barbarian has seven children. Jesus God, that's right? a lot. Yeah, like Warlord, Warlord, and Barbarian are these like completely unsung early, like like early Hulkamania era, early pay per view era WWF guys. Like they were on. They, like Warlord, Barbarian, and Hercules were on something like the first like seven to ten pay- WWF pay per views from WrestleMania one on in a row. They just kept yeah. managed like they were just always there, uh, and they never get talked about. It's wild. Except that, Warlord like, for, for when uh, he held the record for shortest entry in yes. um, Royal Rumble until uh, Santino Morella took it. Or, until no, Bush Bush Luke, Luke took it. Then Santino took it. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think. Hmm. Or, or he might have taken it from Bushwhacker Luke. One of the Bushwhackers. Had yeah, the because for I, a while. I remember when I got into wrestling, Warlord was the guy that okay. they kept mentioning was the shortest the, during the so like, Rumbles by the number. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. From like 06, 07 and all that. Yeah. But to they be always, fair, that's that, how I only knew Warlord then. But to be fair, yeah. whichever one is the shortest ever just kind of depends on what mood Vince is in when they're making that video package. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, got, got the right folks over. Uh, how are the Bushwhackers in the Hall of Fame and not the Powers of Pain? Doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, (laughs) you guys, you know, we've been doing the show for a while and we have been friends for years and I love you. Brother Love shows up next. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) So I felt tricked. Bruce Pritchard here is only 25 years old and he looks 50. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, he it's weird. <laughs> amazing what red face William makeup Regal does. You right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's the brother love show. Because uh, sure, that's what you kind of had during these days. This is not the last brother love show we're gonna get in this arc. Oh uh, boy. Uh, Pritchard introduces his guest. I saw Jim Duggan. He calls him brother Dugan, which is hilarious. Which is brother great. Dugan. Uh. Standard Brother Love segment says that he doesn't think Hacksaw is filled with love because he carries a weapon in the form of a two-by-four. Duggan then, tells him... And then Duggan just yells, You're a phony! Yes. <laughs> if, phony. You if you don't stop by the time I count to fire, I'm going to stick this two-by-four when the sun don't shine. Mm-hmm. He gets to four, and Pritchard begs, like, I'm filled with love. Uh, <laughs> one hurt me. And then God, uh, glasses. And then chicken shit heel runs away as Duggan takes a swing at him. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yep. Uh, and this is right after he just won the first Royal Rumble, right? Yes. Next year, uh, the one we're going to be watching next is the first pay per view Royal Rumble, but the first right. Royal Rumble was on USA Network in January of '88. Yeah. Uh, thought... Yeah. Speaking of whatever, next match, Honky is out for the IC title. Honky. Uh, Honky Tonk Man showboats in the ring and he gets a mic. Says, Give someone to wrestle. You don't care who it is. And then the crowd explodes for the Ultimate Warriors entrance music. Warrior. It's such a good theme. I love Warriors theme. Warrior runs to the ring, dodges an attack from Honky, power slam, shoulder tackle, clothesline, splash, one, two, three. Ultimate Warrior ends Honky Tonk Man's. This was the record breaking longest icy title reign in history. Beats it in 31 seconds. Yeah. Uh, 
I think it was great. I kind of think it was great. <laughs> don't apart tell me I don't that, put nobody over. Like, apart from the fact that Ultimate Warrior like kind of sucks, like I think this is like kind of really genius booking. You take a guy that people are, are high on that the crowd likes, and you put him over better than anyone's ever been put over, ending this incredible reign. Like, oh right. yeah, like absolutely, hundred percent. Let's go. Uh, what do y'all think? What do you think, noobs? <laughs> it was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's all, that's all I have to really like, say. It was forgettable. Like, I, I, it was a cool moment. Like, it wasn't a match or anything like that, but I think it was a decent segment. What about you, Jesse? He's the first Goldberg. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, uh, shit, he was. I, yeah, when I, that's what I was thinking of just because of the Ziggler-Goldberg match uh, before. Um, the, uh, SummerSlam, I was thinking about this, and I was like, oh, shit. But anyways, also, I got curious because he wins the title here, but WrestleMania six is when... He puts it up against Hogan. I was like, he doesn't keep it for two years as well, does he? No. He does lose it, um, he, but he, he gets re- it back almost at an equal amount of time. Yeah. So he has two 200-day-plus Intercontinental reigns. So he almost probably could have beaten Honky's record. Yeah, but also, like, he, he didn't even lose it. He relinquishes it. Mm-mm. No, uh, really? he lost no. it to somebody, and then he got it back. Do you, do you care for spoilers? After... Well, actually, no, oh, no, 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 because... No. He you're loses right. it at, main, at Mania right. 5, so we'll talk. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And right? He That's holds what I'm it saying. For, it's like, I was uh, really For whatever shocked. reason, I forgot that Wrestle... I was thinking WrestleMania 6 was the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh-huh. 5 is next. But we'll see. We'll see who he loses it to. Yeah. Uh, then I had to uh, check that my feed had messed up, because I guess they had an intermission. Uh, oh, yeah. Because there was it's like right that SummerSlam way. intro again, and... <laughs> And Gorilla introduces the second half of the show, and Heenan runs out and just like shit talks like Hulk Hogan and, and Randy Savage. It was great. How uh, Bobby Heenan's the best. Bobby. Uh, uh, time for the next match. And oh my God, it's The Rock. Don Morocco. <laughs> yeah, that bothered me so much. They kept calling him The Rock during the match. I was like, uh. Yeah. Heenan still has a commentary mic after Morocco's entrance, and he just shit talks Billy Graham. <laughs> Oh, it was so great, right? Uh, uh, out next is Morocco's opponent, Dino Bravo, with some French guy. Yep. Uh, y'all look his for sign a... literally says, America is not okay. Yep. His Frenchie, his manager. Uh, y'all looking yeah. for a 1988 ho- Hoss match? Me neither. A uh, whole yeah, bunch yeah. of arm drags and slams, and the French guy gets on the apron, and Morocco fights him off, and then Dino Bravo hits Don Morocco with a very ginger sidewalk slam. I guess the win in 528. It was <laughs> surprising that it, like, there's another match coming up here where it's like, oh, it it, it okay. Yep. Like, oh, but, but the other one that ends that way is supposed to, because that's yeah. how those matches always end. Yeah. This one, eh. Uh, yeah. You summed Sean, it up my yep. my stuff, yeah. Yep. Sean Mooney is in the back with America's sweetheart, Jesse Ventura. Hey, it's the guy my parents voted for for governor <laughs> for some fucking reason. I'm gonna give it was you a good idea at the time. Sur- I'm going to yes. give you the money that's in surplus in this great state, and everything's going to be fine. Nope, we went bankrupt for a few years, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you. What do you mean uh, we can't afford to pay teachers? <laughs> uh, it's a government conspiracy. Shit, but I'm the government. Oh, no. Go to Mexico. 
Ventura is a special referee for the main event, and Mooney asks him about DiBiase bribing him, to which Ventura says, quote, Yeah, if Ted DiBiase wants to come up and stuff $100 bills in my pocket and walk away, yeah, I'm going to keep the money. I'm not a fool. And that's basically the whole promo. Um, I kind of agree with him, though. Yeah, hundred percent. I wasn't expecting that silence. No, you're good. Hundred uh, percent. Like, yeah, me I too. Mean, that's. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was trying to come up with something that's like, yeah, my parents expected it too, and look what fucking happened. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. This is what the trickle down effect is. No, it's not. Now, let me tell no. you about trickle down economics. I get richer, and you stay fucked. Uh, <laughs> the Hart Foundation are in the ring. Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. They got a rest- jobber entrance. I'm pissed about that yep. shit. There were a lot of jobber entrances on this show. It I know, but the every fucking Hart Foundation? Yeah. No, yep. sir. They're wrestling for the WWF Tag Team Championships against the champs. Demolition with their managers, Jimmy Hart and Mr. Fuji. There was a lot going on in that sentence. Yeah, it. they seemed like every manager was a heel manager aside yes. from Miss Elizabeth. You only you- have a manager if you're a heel except for Liz. You either have a manager, if you're a heel, or if you're a face, you have Miss Elizabeth. Or an animal, yeah. Or an animal. Or an That's animal. right. Yep. That's pretty much it. Yep. That's amazing. Uh, like, it's a so simpler weird. time it was. Like, like that's the thing. Like that's why managers should come back. Managers were like you can only have a manager if you're a heel. That's why Bobby Heenan managed every heel because he made every heel. It, Bobby Heenan had a reputation that lended heels legitimacy right if you and it's something they tried to do with paul Heyman in like 2014 that did not work right when they tagged him with all the Heyman guys like like cesaro and curtis axel and ryback and it just didn't work they tried to make like the new heenan family and it didn't work yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. At the tail end of '96, they do that. Um. With Camp Cornette, almost every heel yep. is being um managed yep. by Jim Cornette, which is a nightmare because Jim Cornette sucks. But, I think Jim Cornette sucks as a person, but I think he's like a really right. solid heel manager. No, yeah, sure, but I can't. I can't handle his voice. He's a I don't even mean the Bruce, Bruce yeah. Pritchard voice. His real voice is. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Damn it, now I need to watch that Wendy's video. You're never gonna be nothing in this town again. Oh my fucking god. I love it. I need to watch that Wendy's video again. I do not like Jim Cornette as a person, but goddamn, I can watch him as a manager all day long. Uh, (laughs) You're never gonna get in this business if you're a woman. True. Uh, True that he would say that, not true. Oh god, the tag teams are in the wrong corners. Yeah, like, fuck. (laughs) Oh man, you guys want to talk about that shit later on? What f- yeah. the shit Jesse does is when they're just killing time. Like it was weird. I'm yeah, not for some reason. Like yeah, it's just like I'm not going to be a standard Republican. I'm going to be one that changes yes. shit up boom, to boom, the boom, way boom. it was in the last tag match. <laughs> uh, this is what's called being a centrist. I slightly <laughs> shifted things. <laughs> uh, I, I shifted things, but maintained the status quo exactly. Centralism. <laughs> So the when you look at the, the the ring like from the hard camera, the tag teams are usually top left to bottom right, and now they're bottom left, top right, and that's some uncanny valley shit. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. I don't oh, like it. You're Man. in the wrong spot. You job entrance these motherfuckers and put them in the wrong corner. Right. I hate it. Man, we all knew that Bret Hart's one of the best wrestlers of all time, but in this era, right. it is so much more obvious. Just him yep. hitting axe with a couple of arm drags was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's almost like he invented these moves almost right just the, just the idea that no one else is doing them except yep. brett it almost feels like he made them i really need to see that lost video where it made that guy look like people think oh, that he was yeah. the good wrestler you should lost watch tape that they just special found. on the wwe network it's very good yeah i just oh man uh anvil gets in a scuffle on the outside with jimmy hart as demolition works over brett getting his arm tied up in the rope which looks just incredibly uncomfortable like uh-huh. outside of kayfabe like oh god i don't like that at all those ropes how it was like spongy how like springy they were and stuff like that it's yeah. like no no wonder mankind like was comfortable with them like doing that head wrap thing yeah and then all of a sudden oh no they're too tight what like, yep it's ugh. it's like um well also it's important to remember that with the um with the the ropes in the wwe their ropes Whereas a lot of other places, they are like cable wrapped in tape. Yeah. WWE is one of the only places, at least back then, and I think today still, that use real ropes. Because uh, real yeah, ropes just are expensive. Yeah, in there behind the yeah. buckles. Yep. Uh, Demolition work over Brett's shoulder for a while and Brett gets to the corner to make the hot tag, but the ref doesn't see it once again. But Brett takes out Smash, and he gets to the corner to tag an animal who runs wild, taking out Axe and Smash, standing tall after he clears the ring to a huge pop. Like, oh my god, that crowd was oh, fantastic. Such a good crowd. Um, Cool spot is Anvil goes over to the, the, the rope. And Brett yanks it to make it look like he like slingshots Anvil to the outside, so he like lands on Smash. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, the two teams brawl as Mr. Fuji gets on the ropes and Anvil attacks Fuji, distracting the raffle along Jimmy Hart to give his megaphone to Demolition Axe, who hits Brett over the head with it, allowing Smash to get the pin, and Demolition retain their titles in 1049. Uh, this is kind of like prototypical tag team wrestling. Like, this is tag team wrestling storytelling. It is everything you want out of a tag team match. They cut the ring in half. They work over a specific body part. They tell a story. They work psychology. Like, it is not anything special today, but, like, everything that we know today came from, like, these matches. And that's one of the reasons why this stuff is so fascinating to me. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? Um, I don't even know, except just happy to see OG Heart Foundation for a minute. Yeah. Being, like, in the heart of 97 right now. It's like evil Brett and shit, and yeah. um, Nightheart, apparently backstage wise, Nightheart is so fucking bonkers that he is almost oh, like Psycho yeah. Sid, but more controllable, where he does some shit, they gotta let him go for a month or two, and then he comes back, and he does some shit, and he comes Stu back, Hart and calls him up, he's like, I got the big <laughs> bastard. You gotta take the rhino, he's a good kid, to help him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's also a thing I've been doing. I listen to the Something Wrestle after uh, each pay-per-view that they have. So I yeah. just watched the... Oh, that's cool. Uh, Mania 97... Uh, not Mania. Um, SummerSlam 97, um, which is really fucking good, except for like two matches. Um, but yeah, Brett, Brett's so good. And like I get to appreciate him far more now instead of just watching like the three or four big matches that everyone talks about watching... I'm just being really good. Um, maybe low-key homophobic how much he talks shit about Shawn Michaels acting girly, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the 80s and 90s. Right, yeah. Um, but, like, uh... Have you never had, have you never had to, like, 
feign a grandparent's conversation at the dinner table sure. during a family yep. meeting. Like, ah, shit, here they go. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. I also want to um, take this moment to appreciate all the hard work Mr. Fuji does, despite the fact that he's Mr. Fuji. Yep. Um, I'm sure. You know, I I really appreciate um, just uh, people and wrestlers of any minority who are given a blatantly racist gimmick and yeah. do their fucking best. That's why I was telling you the other day that I'm excited for Kai and Tai because I know those guys are going to work their asses off to make it as fun as it is clearly racist and you yeah. know, do their goddamnedest. And I always yeah. liked I always liked Fuji for that because you forget that it's white people making him do this shit because he's so into it. And he yep. always has been, no matter who they put him with. It, um, uh, it just reminds me. It only it exists the... because they couldn't keep LOD, so fuck them, whatever. Uh, Pretty much. I'm kidding, yeah, Demolition is there because they lost the Road Warriors. Because they lost Road Warriors. Yep. Uh, it just reminds me of, um, was it the Edge of Christian show? It was like, this episode brought to you by Mr. Fuji's Racist Salt. It was a different <laughs> time. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, what do you think? Oops. It's called Unami, by the way. But you know. yeah, it just absolutely solid. Just yeah, I just yeah, good. Um, just a good match. It's unbelievable. Like demolition mm. are solid. Like demolition. Yeah, are, they're they know what they're weird. supposed to do. They like, have they, their they shit. They play those locked. parts so well. Yeah. Um. It's. I mean, I would argue. No, I wouldn't I take it back? I was gonna uh, compare them. I was gonna compare them to the Dudley Boys, but I think Dudley Boys are a bit better. I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. It it makes me think of uh, or the fact that Demolition would become they would they would lose Demolition Axe and he would be replaced by Demolition Crush. Yeah. Uh, Crush Bra. Uh, and then they'd break up the team. Crush would get uh repackaged as you know Shaka Bra Crush Kona Crush. And Barry yep. Darso, Demolition and Smash, would get re- re- uh, repackaged as the Repo Man. Yep, and then, because I'm stuck in 97 for a little bit, uh, he gets, uh, Shaka Bra Crush gets repackaged again, at, yep. and this was a real-life shoot we're turning into a work. He was in House Arrest, now he's a criminal crush, who is the first white guy in Nation and Domination, and then That's right. they create the god-awful DOA, Disciples, Disciples of, of Apocalypse. Apocalypse, which is a bunch of faceless fucking biker yep. dudes including um lee lee something brian lee who was fake taker oh huh yeah oh, yeah fake right. taker is in yeah. DOA. he is in yep. doa and the, the harris brothers who are nazis uh yeah who i know the name but not like anything else because they yeah yeah anyway uh yeah, that was that's like faction warfare, like summer or Survivor Series '97 with all of the like Los Bariquas and yeah, DOA and the Nation. Yeah, man, uh, I'm ready for Montreal, man. Yep. Uh, mean Gene is in the back with Honky Tonk Man, who's talking with a collection of heels. He says that it's his belt, and he's gonna get it back because he's best of all time. I'm just turning to Jamie Noble there for a sec. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, oh my God! Imagine JB Noble with that hair, though. Oh God! So <laughs> I, oh beautiful. Give him out! Get out! I think he's imagined it enough for me. Like I don't need to add to that because you know he has. Uh, and then and then fucking Joey Mercury's just like it's okay, man. Just just oh god, you all right? I had hair once. It sucks. It's overrated. Yeah. You're fine. Do you do you need me to pay for your house? Are you doing okay? Uh, <laughs> big boss. Man no no no. Already... Do you want to stay at my paid for house? Right. 
Uh, Big Boss Man is already in the ring for the next match with his manager Fucking Slick. Big Boss, I forgot how massive that man was. Right? Yeah, he was. And I forget he was in the eighties. Fuck. Yeah, like that was his time. Was in the eighties. Yeah, uh, that and he's another one just like Rick Rude. I thought yeah. he was just Attitude Era, and yeah, no. he is wrestling the Jobber to the Stars, Coco Beware. Uh, this Aww, is like poor Coco. This is so early in Bossman's career. This is like probably in like his first five televised matches. Uh, Damn, because he got signed in June. Uh, mm-hmm. He is brand new. Um, but yeah, yeah, he'd he be is... about fifty-seven now. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, you should look up footage of him wrestling in Japan, because dear God, that man could move. He was spry. He was like doing everything but a kip up. Like it was, it's crazy. Nice. Watch, watch him wrestle in Japan. It's insane. Uh, uh, Coco gets Boss Man tied up early on in the ropes with like his arms tied up in the ropes and like hits him with a headbutt. And I was like, oh, that's it for his offense. And like, eh, not entirely wrong, not entirely right. Uh, Boss Man beats up Coco for a while, gets, uh, goes for a somewhat top rope splash thing that Coco kind of sort of rolls out of. Then he leaps at Coco, but Coco dodges, and Boss Man crotches himself on the ropes. Coco gets a few shots in at Boss Man, and he hits Boss Man with a missile bro- drop kick to a pretty substantial pop. Uh, then he splashes Boss Man, and Boss Man kicks out of the pen by yeeting Coco about two feet in the air. But it doesn't matter, as Boss Man catches Coco and hits him with a side slam that's not quite what the Boss Man slam would become for the win in 557. Boss Man does his regular routine as he batters Coco after the match with his nightstick. Uh, like, this is here to get Boss Man over, and it worked. Like, Boss Man is super solid. I, I'm a, I'm a big, big Boss Man mark. I like him a lot. <laughs> uh, I think he is so underrated. Uh, one of the best big men of all time. Uh, what do you think, Noobs? I, yeah, I enjoyed it. That drop kick from Coco Beware on a Boss Man really was probably good. one of the most beautiful things in the world. But then, as Hebner's counting to two... Boss man throws Coco over Yeet. Hebner. Yes. Just yeets him. Oh, I loved it. I did mm-hmm. not like though when Boss Man was on the top rope. Yeah. And you just see his kneecaps eat themselves as yep. he lands. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that's I think it's one of the reasons why I kind of like Baron Corbin. Because Baron Corbin's kind of the new big boss man. And he, he wrestles is. a similar oh, style. I can see and, that. Like he and wrestles you know a similar I'm... style. He even uses the boss man slam. Like the deep six is basically a boss man slam. Deep six, yeah, absolutely. Um, I and I think I think it's just a retro thing because I remember when I first got into wrestling, a lot of people hated talking about Big Boss Man. Um, his again, again, they don't even when they did, they only talked about uh, how bad his feuds were in um, the Attitude Era, but now I've seen the last couple of years on like wrestling Twitter, people are like, "No heel had the balls like big fucking boss man. He like destroyed a dude's funeral yep. and fed a motherfucker his dog. Big boss man's amazing. Yeah. He destroyed a dude's funeral. Like, come on, yeah, you can make it sound awesome when you say it like that, but the motherfucker." <laughs> I mean, See Big Show on a casket getting dragged in a fucking <laughs> It's like a God, renaissance painting. <laughs> Noobs, it's like a renaissance painting. What's your point? I... <laughs> but, uh, that's pretty good. Oh, Al Snow had a good dog. You like that pepper steak? 
<laughs> God damn. I fed you your fucking dog. Yeah. Come on, down we're going to have the worst Georgia. match in history, but the lead up was pretty good. God <laughs> damn. Cobb County, Georgia. Uh, but uh, yeah, like Big Boss Man's great. Uh, and like they, they were high on him because right after this, he kind of goes into a feud with Hogan. Like he and Akeem oh, came up to be the Twin Towers and they, they futz around with the Mega Powers for a little while on like superstars and house shows and stuff. Uh, oh man, it'd be nice to see one of those matches, right? Um, but yeah, uh, there's a picture I saw because he and Hakeem were the Twin Towers, and I once saw a T-shirt, and it was Big Boss Man, Hakeem the African Dream, and underneath it it just says "Never Forget." Oh, oh God! Ooh. Oh God! <laughs> like that's not terrible, but also you shouldn't do that. Like I, I really want that shirt, but I understand that that's terrible of me. Hey, we go to the back. Like and it's oh, a. God, like it's, it's smart, but it's still you know. It's like like point zero one percent of people will get it, and that's yeah. what makes it's it not, funny. It's not worth the yeah, level of hate. The, those are the good jokes, though. Like, yeah, like I think it's mm-hmm. clever. I think it's been long enough to where that's actually kind of a funny joke. Like, yeah, uh, just that gonna, one. Like that I'm one's not myself so for saying some yes. not so good humoristic jokes when I'm in oh, front listen, of a lot of friends. Same. So well, we've all been there. So. Up in Toronto, a whole bunch of us were there for a um, a fan event, Uh, and I'm sitting, we're on one of those trolley slash bus things that are kind of like a light rail system that Toronto has, and we're sitting in the back of it, me and like five other white people sitting in the back, and two of our friends, one of them you guys know, Shraver, another guy, Blue, two two black, two black guys. Is that a blue team? Yeah, blue team. Yeah, I know blue yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. So two amazing, two amazing friends. Like Schraber, I want that motherfucker in my wedding. But it's like they're both standing, like holding on to the railing because there wasn't any more room, just by coincidence. And oh, I just God. sit, and I'm sitting down, and I just go, "Hey, hey, Schraber, Blue, you want these seats?" And like Blue and Schraber got it pretty much like within an instant, and everyone else didn't get it. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone else was like, "What? What?" And Schraber's like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> I'm afraid that I understand it, and also that I don't. The Rosa Parks, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, they were, well, yep, they were on the bus, yes. back of the bus. Well, that's it. Yep, like, all right. Yeah, yep. All right. yep. I just yep. dropped right. that yep. and it was, it was just one of those like. <laughs> It was just one of those weird ones, like, Schraber's just like, you motherfucker, of course I want that seat. And he just sits down. <laughs> Jesus just like, Christ. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, uh, anyway, there's a warrior segment. Yay. There's an Ultimate Warrior promo, and I thought... The, <laughs> Talking the, about white privilege, the Warriors I, here. Yes, I thought the coked-out uh, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage promo was going to be the pinnacle. Uh, nope. I, 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 can't, <laughs> I can't even begin to describe this promo. The idea that this person was considered a hero to children. People loved him. <laughs> Kids loved him. That's some damn good insight. It's like wild. Not, like not no knowing what we know now, just push that aside. If you showed me this as a new character, I as a kid, I'd be like, um, what's wrong with that man, Daddy? I'd run like, away screaming. Yeah, it's like uh He's talking about spaceships. This motherfucker from space. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like this match, th- this promo ended with "I'm not hard to find. I'll be on the next spaceship to parts unknown." But he, but like this was back in the day when all it took was like look at him. Yep. Yep. To be yeah. honest, though, if I was like super into the He-Man cartoon at the same time, oh, Warrior yeah. would be my guy. That's the thing. Like that's why him and Hogan were over with like kids because like they looked like real life superheroes. 
he matter. And that's that's all it took. Uh, Hercules is already in the ring for the next match as we see Jake the Snake Roberts for the second time tonight. As Speaking he of to steroids, we have Hercules. Yeah. Yes. Oh Holy God. Shit. Yeah. Hercules is roided the oh. fuck out. I looked up Hercules and this is crazy. So, uh-huh. Big Boss Man uh, died in '04 of mm-hmm. a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Hercules died in '04 of heart disease. Oh damn. Okay. They both died the same year. It's crazy. No, oh, that's wild. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, talking about Jake the Snake, my dad, I was talking to my dad the other day. He was like, yeah, we got a new, he's like a safety administrator with uh, the school district here. And he was like, yeah, we got a new, uh, a new like maintenance guy at one of the elementary schools. I said, really? He said, yeah, he's an older guy. He like, didn't really need the job, but you know, keeps him, keeps him working, keeps his hands busy and you know, fixing light bulbs and shit. I was like, yeah, he goes, uh, you would love to meet him. You'd love to talk to him. I said, why? He goes, we were talking, just shooting the breeze, and he starts telling me about how he was, uh, like, in the 70s and 80s, he was a referee for, like, Memphis Wrestling. And, like, he refed, like, Jerry Lawler, Jake the Snake. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, Honky Tonk Man, all that stuff. He That's worked as awesome. a wrestler. Yeah, I holy was like, shit. holy crap. He's like, yeah, he's just, he was just talking about, yeah, we go up to the Mid-South Coliseum and I'd work the main event with, you know, Lawler and Jake Roberts and, and stuff like that. I can just, imagine you, I can imagine you handing this dude light bulbs as he's talking about stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it looks like you need to replace the ballast. So tell me about Andy Kaufman. Uh Hercules, <laughs> a great little bit of a heel heat as Hercules is like, hey. Get that fucking snake out of the ring. And when Jake goes over to do so, Hercules Pearl Harbors him and attacks him and starts the match. Uh, I love that you are using the Pearl Harbor. Listen, I've been using Pearl Harbor since the show started. It's like, so good. I, yeah, I, he's no, no, used it's it like kinda... five times tonight. Listen, that's what happens when A, every match starts with a Pearl Harbor, and B... You listen to Gorilla Munson. It was the eighties. It was a different time. Yes. But like I have all the way back to our TNA episodes, I've been using the phrase Pearl Harbor. It's one of my favorite <laughs> wrestling phrases. And it's all monsoon. Uh <laughs> so good. Yeah. Cool moment when Hercules like Flurry punches at Jake and Jake like fucking Neo like blocks every single one of them. Yeah, and Jake then, looks so fucking good here. Jake is amazing. <laughs> And yeah. then one of the most bonkers spots, like, oh my god, gets gets Hercules in a headlock. And Hercules gets Jake up for a teardrop suplex, hits him with a teardrop suplex, and Jake doesn't break the headlock. And just like and he's just like, oh, I guess I'm headlocking you on the ground now. It was such a cool spot. I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's all Jake. Like Jake is this like master of psychology oh, yeah. and storytelling in the ring. Like Jake is the he guy. He got stone where, cold over. Yeah, like you don't need. Jake doesn't need big spots or anything like that. Jake doesn't need to yell in his promo. Jake just needs to make you lean in, and he's just going to tell you exactly how much he's going to hurt you and exactly what he's going to do to you. And then he's going to go out there and he's going to do what he said. He's going to go home, and he's fucking. Oh, Jake the Snake's great, dude. Was there ever Bret Hart versus Jake? Maybe I don't know. That'd been, oh man, that'd have been like yeah. the world's greatest match no one's ever seen. Oh yeah. Uh, Hercules gets to the rope and takes over and locks in a headlock of his own. Uh, Herc has control for a while until Jake hits him in the jaw to take back control and then Jake hits him with the clothesline, calls the DDT, crowd pops so hard for him calling yeah, the DDT. It, 
Is the crowd mic'd and then the mic just amped up like a motherfucker on those moments? I can't imagine they are. Or, like, I'm sure that there is some, like, like, there's some mixer somewhere where they might be turning other stuff down. Like, they might be turning the announcers down when the crowd pops. Because it does feel like the audio is fluctuating a little bit. But I can't imagine that they would have, like, had the uh, crowd mic'd enough to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, But I could be wrong. Um... But so so Jake goes to the DDT, but Hercules fights out. You know, back body drops to Jake, so things back down, sends him into the corner, elbows to Jake, and then dear God, like Herc hits Jake with a couple elbows, gets up, and Jake is just like, nah, DDT, one, two, three, gets yeah. the win in ten minutes and six seconds. I do because... love how it's just like <laughs> Jake is just like, we going home, son. Yeah. Home, <laughs> like no one kicks out of the I don't know if anyone ever kicked out of Jake's DDT. And I, I have that note I said no one kicks out of that motherfucker. Like like it it doesn't the, happen. I Yeah. It's, it's my original... favorite thing that Stone Cold gets fucking tempered as fuck when yeah. people Motherf- kick out of the DDT. DDT's transition and moves. That's a goddamn finisher. <laughs> uh yeah like i oh love it love it uh and and that was like the original like rko that just like the finisher that just anywhere anytime boom and you're out uh what'd you think uh jesse yeah i love i love jake he's when he's on fire and he's right there he's just good yes he's just damn good um yeah her I guess I should give uh, kudos to Hercules. I never thought much about him. Just like they don't talk about him a lot. I don't know super much what he's done. If he ever like won a title or anything, but I guess Jake didn't either. But Jake just had that that look and that style. Yeah, it like Jake really, didn't need one. Really good. Yeah. Uh, God, you, noobs? I yeah, I enjoyed it just for like the tease of that DDT. Like you yes. could tell they were just working it and continuing to work it. And I just looked it up online. Like, I'm looking to see if anybody ever kicked out of it. And I got onto the... There's a Wikipedia of the DDT. Just oh, the man. wrestling move. It is Yeah, because there's like a list of them all, right? It is verbose. But, like, my favorite thing is rumors abound as to what the letters DDT supposedly yes. stood for. Including Damien's Death Trap, Damien's Death Touch, Damien's Dinner Time. Dinner Time, yep. Drape drop takedown, drop downtown, and death drop technique. When asked in an interview what the DDT meant, Jake once famously replied, the end. Yes. That's my favorite. Fuck yes. It's it's one of my, yeah, I've I've read that. I love it. I love it. Oh, the end. Yep. Uh, Yep. That's it. It's over. Like that's all. Like, what does the D? What does DDT means? It means your ass isn't gonna get up. <laughs> it means nothing. I wonder. Like is there a single move with more variants than the DDT? I don't know. Maybe suplex. Maybe. Oh maybe. yeah, that's I'm a curious. billion suplexes. Yeah, there's uh, a billion DDTs according to this list. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's thirty of them, and then there's yeah. the inverted face lock variants. Yes. <laughs> so there's at least forty or so. And it's it's wild to think that like the move didn't exist until Jake. Jake's like, what if I just pull them down on their fucking head? Yeah. Uh. 
then, uh, of course, Jake pulls Damien out of his bag and drapes it onto Hercules as we get a video package showing the formation of the Mega Bucks, Andre and, and, and Ted and DiBiase attacking Macho Man and them setting up the main event tag match, which is next. Uh, Jesse Ventura is oh. up first, and then Fink in, introduces. Yeah, and what a fu- what kind of referee outfit is that? Excuse Fucking me, Easy his, Rider, man. Excuse me, his jacket is spangly. <laughs> that's a f- fucking easy rider shit you're right uh that is uh midlife crisis the outfit yep which is uh, like all of jesse ventura you're right uh fink introduces ted dibiase andre the giant bobby heenan and virgil it bummed me out that we didn't get to hear ted dibiase's theme because his theme song's great oh they just oh, walk sp- out Okay, before the intros happened during that so during that segment where they were showing yeah. like how everything came to be, yeah. when when Virgil is handing Ted DiBiase money to stuff into Jesse's pockets, those are legit one dollar bills he's yep. handing. Like, yep. it's not hundreds. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> Virgil's cheap. <laughs> Listen, uh, we get a huge pop as Macho Man's music hits as he, Elizabeth, and Hogan make their way to the ring. Uh. Ventura gets the two teams and the meet in the middle of the ring. He sends the managers to the outside, and we are underway. At least I thought. Then Ventura's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna go to the ropes and change where go to like because like, you know when when you're in a tag team, they're the tag ropes. You hold onto the tag rope, and yep. uh, that determines how like how close you need to be to the corner to make the tag uh, to be the legal man." And he's like, I'm just going to move him. But he moved him back to the corners that they were in for the tag championship match. It was... It was awful. Weird. I just don't understand what the fuck he was doing. I don't either. With all the shenanigans out of the way, Andre and Macho are in the ring. And we are actually underway. Uh, Andre gets Macho into their corner and he chops Macho. And then Ted DiBiase tags in because Andre can kind of barely walk. Yep. Yeah... And then DiBiase is like, I want Hogan. Macho tags him in. Hogan counters a leg. And Hogan and Macho just ping-pong DiBiase between them, just punching him back and forth, back and forth. Uh, My favorite thing about this match, I don't know if you've noticed it, but Hulk Hogan always looks like he just woke up and realized he's in a wrestling match. He just goes, what? Yes. (laughs) Yes, all right. Like It's just like, I I love that it's like, Every shot of him. Maybe him that's going, where John Cena got that just it. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where John Cena got it. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I won. Me? What? Yeah. Some some really good. Uh, like you could tell, Macho uh, kind of choreographed out the beginning of this match because uh, <laughs> it's like it's it's a lot of spots. Them going back and forth, tagging in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, lots of really fun stuff. Uh, uh, and and beating down Ted until Ted tags in Andre, who slows things down because, of course, uh, it's Andre. And my favorite thing about that is that there were two times when Andre was in, and Monsoon calls out that twenty-two five E boot getting hit, like yep. getting put to work, and then fucking fucking Billy Graham after. After he mentions 22 5e, Billy Graham just goes, That size 24 boot! It's just like, can't even get it right! All the different numbers! Christ. Oh, it was so good! Okay, that makes more sense, because I I heard that and was Uh so confused on what the fuck they were talking about. 
<laughs> talking about his shoe size and they fucked it up. <laughs> so good. This man, if anyone that night was actually on cocaine, it was Billy Graham. Yeah, you're right. 100%. You're right. Uh, no, Billy Graham and then Matilda. Like, Matilda was drugged oh. up, let's be honest here, to keep her on that pedestal. Oh, Sorry, I had a moment where I was just like, I, who the, who why the do fuck you, like, is Matilda? I, no, I was just like imagining a bulldog on cocaine. <laughs> hey, that's not nice to Davey. Uh, no, he smoked crack. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. That was like I knew the, it was in, something in the week leading up to to SummerSlam '93 in Wembley. Like Brett had mm-hmm. worked out this great match with Davy, and then he didn't hear from Davy for a week. And he's like, "Davy, what are you doing?" And he was like, "Sorry, I've been smoking crack with uh, Jim Neidhart for the last week. I don't remember anything." And so, if you go Fucking back and watch Neidhart, that match, I swear to God. if you go back and watch that match, which is an incredible match, it is 100 Brett leading Davy by the nose. Brett's a through, fucking like, god. Like, carrying him through that match. And uh, just one thing, can't mention Sir, uh, SummerSlam 93 without pointing out the little kid in the opening video package talking about the main event who says that uh, Davy Boy, British Bulldog, is going to win the Intercontinental title whether he wants to or not. Yes. That's so good. <sighs> Andre chokes Hogan and eventually tags in DiBiase, who continues to choke Hogan. Uh <laughs> But Hogan starts to fight out, and the two of them hit each other with a double choke slam, or double, not choke slam, double close slam, leaving both men laying. But Hogan gets to his corner to tag in Macho, who runs wild on Ted. Unfortunately, the heels cut off his comeback, and Andre and Ted slow things down and work him over some more. Ted showboats and gets in the middle rope and does this weird, like, cocky, like, I'm going to slowly fall backwards with my elbow out a little bit. All right. And yeah. Macho rolls out of the way. Yeah, it just <laughs> Yeah, some shit didn't work. I think it works for like a cocky heel. Like it's weird, but I'm not against it. I would like to see like like a Baron Corbin do that to bring him back up. Like he's just like, "Oh yeah, you're so fucking beat." Oh no. Uh <laughs> Uh, Macho gets to hold for the hot tag. Andre gets in the ring, and Hogan takes him out with a clothesline, just really cutting short the whole get-the-big-man-off-his-feet spot. Uh, oh, yeah. Hogan gets a sleeper hold in on Ted, but Macho goes to deliver a flying nothing to Andre, and Andre gets his foot up, and Macho bonks his head on that size 47.5 Q boot. Yep. Uh, time for the finish. Elizabeth gets up on the ring apron, and the other managers well, no, join her. No, no, no! You, oh no! Was this the point where all, where both Hogan and uh, Macho are out of the ring? This happens. This happens right. I know what you're about to talk about. This happens after. Or this happens. Okay, that okay. happens right after this. Uh, sorry, Elizabeth sorry, gets, sorry. Gets on the ring apron. The other manager join her, and then she removes her skirt to reveal a bikini. Nope, bottom. nope, nope. That did not happen. That did not happen yet. Both men are out of the ring while they're doing that, and meanwhile Jesse's not counting them out at all. That, yes. And oh, he then does that a couple Elizabeth times. shows off. Yeah, like oh, he start he like he he counts like one two and then because because uh, Monsoon points out that he stopped counting when Elizabeth got on the apron. Yeah, but that that might yeah. have been to excuse the fact that he never started counting. But yeah, no, they That's are fair. on the outside during this. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he removes her. She removes her skirt and she is wearing a bikini bottom. And Andre and Ted are fucking flabbergasted <laughs> by this. Andre's just like yelling at Jesse, like, get the out! Get the out! What is she doing? 
And then there's a great shot. It's a half a second long. They do not linger on it. But it's Hogan and Macho on the outside of the ring as Andre and Ted's just circuitry goes wild. And they look at each other and they do the mega power handshake. And then they get yeah, back in the like ring. power back up. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Savage well, takes yeah, out Andre. sneak up on him. Yeah. Savage takes out Andre. Hulk body slams Ted. Macho delivers the elbow. Hogan, leg drop. Ventura counts one, two. And then Macho grabs his arm and slams it down for the three. The mega powers win your SummerSlam main event in 1443. Macho and Hogan and Elizabeth Showboat and celebrate after the match to send everyone home happy. Hogan must pose. Uh, yeah. With Elizabeth, a, which was super There's crazy. a Yeah, there's a beautiful we'll moment see. where Hogan's just like hugging her and holding her up. And yeah. all of a sudden you see Macho like put his arms out and like Elizabeth runs up to him to like give him a hug. And you can just see the camera's not showing it, but you can just see Macho just glaring daggers yeah. at Hogan. Like, did you just steal my crack? What's happening? Yes. <laughs> uh, Storytelling. Yes. Like, uh, sowing those seeds. And uh, then I, I've always wondered while they were posing, like, I've never seen the song end. And, like, yeah. in this one, they just start it right over again. Yep. Like, I'm just like, yeah, okay, makes sense. Like, nowadays, <laughs> it, it would be on a loop. Uh, yeah, there's a giant loop. Back then, they, they just hit the button again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what'd you think, Jesse? uh the whole match or overall match? No, the whole the, the match and like just throw yeah. in your throw in what you think about the show we're we're wrapping up um it was fun uh i'm i'm upset i missed the mega power handshake when they got back in the ring that probably would have been my favorite it wasn't part. even um, when they were in the ring it was they were outside like getting back down, in the ring right outside right of before, the yeah. yeah outside of the like like leaning on the ring apron and just like that's zzz. hilarious that's adorable i love yeah, it yeah it just <laughs> <laughs> form of the macho man i thought power brother <laughs> um yeah i need to watch more randy stuff um not enough macho man out there or there is if you want to watch all the wcw shit listen uh, i can't even imagine it's real weird and i think worth watching gotcha um also his like three matches in tna but <laughs> Oh, I don't so, want to watch that. That's I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say that's not worth watching. Yeah, <laughs> it's I don't know. Out of an, the sake of an oddity being an oddity, I'd say. But uh, um, I know the oddities were WWF. They were way before then. Boom! Mm-hmm. Ah! Good night, everybody. Okay, so <laughs> um, no, yeah. See you guys the next week. Main event was very fun. <laughs> the main event was nice. It was it was good. Um. I think my favorite match was probably uh, Demolition Heart Foundation or the Bulldogs and the Rougeau? Rougeau. 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 Gotcha. And, you know, Jake just being fucking great. Jake's great. Yeah. Uh, The the main event was exactly what I expected it to be. Yep. Um, A spectacle. Yeah. Hogan must pose, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But I I enjoyed it. It was fun for what it was. Uh, But, yeah, for me... The card is all, it was fascinating, man. A lot of a lot of short matches, a lot of five, six minute matches. Uh right. A lot of just like, hey, there's some story to this, but it's mostly just, you know, let's get somebody over. Uh and then when they did give the matches a little bit of length, those are you could tell those, oh, these are the ones that matter. Um, yeah, for sure. And yeah, like it's it's a weird time. It's super different. It is unlike any wrestling I've really ever seen. And 
I am here for it, man. I'm super excited to keep oh, going yeah. forward. Uh, what about you, noobs? I the the match it is what it was. I did enjoy the moment where um uh, Randy's got or Savage has um uh, Elizabeth up on his shoulder, yeah. and then Hogan asks for the Mega Powers handshake again, and Elizabeth kind of has a moment of like, please don't. Yeah, I'm up here, like <laughs> I know how much room you guys need for this shot. Yep, like <laughs> that was that was pretty good. My favorite matches were probably I like the Big Boss Man and Coco Beware match just because of how crazy I really like that, that match too. I really like that match. And yeah, and then just seeing Ravishing Rick Rude and Junkyard Dog that was yeah that fun match too. was pretty good too. That was fun. It, although it ended very quickly, it was just like it was entertaining. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. the The barn burner at the beginning was awesome and. Yeah, Hercules versus Jake the Snake went surprisingly a lot longer than I would thought it would. Yeah, like it was the it was one of the few and it was singles like, matches oh, that that got time. Yeah. yeah, and like didn't have run-ins because I was thinking after the be after the Rick Rude thing with Jake the Snake, I was fully expecting Rude to come running in. Yes, and it didn't happen. I'm kind of glad I'm like, it oh. didn't. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad too. But it's also it's like two DDTs in one night. Sure, fuck it, the Stone Cold <laughs> treatment. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I I completely forgot. Junkyard Dog totally said fuck when um Jake is explaining to him why he lost. Yeah, and you can tell there's a there's like a drum noise, like a snare, like a ching when he says yeah. it that is completely out of place. That's oh. that was kind of yeah. But he straight up goes fuck, and I'm like, oh, Junkyard. Uh, uh, listen, if it's Junkyard, it's probably something along the lines of fuck. Man, why you gotta do that? Uh, fuck it if fuck but yeah solid show uh next up is is the royal rumble Uh, yeah it's it's a weird thing uh, that um we're gonna watch these three shows and like it's like back in the day you did not televise championship defenses like macho did not defend his title on tv ever yeah because mm-hmm. you're not going to give that match away that but he defended on house shows every night uh until something like wrestlemania like it's got to be the biggest show of the year uh to get that, that to get that title defended on tv uh which just makes it a bigger deal when he's in your town and he's defending his title uh which i think is really yeah. interesting it's a weird time and yeah it's yeah it's, some we're definitely not used to at all Oh yeah, uh, it's slow. It's different, uh, but uh, I mean, listen. Next show, it's got a rumble, and I'm really curious to see what an '80s Royal Rumble looks like. It's yeah. not good. Oh I, boy! I, at one point, like three years ago, like when uh, when you got me back into it, I basically was like my 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 thing was i would always tune into rumbles yep like even when i was out of it like i'd be like i'd find a pirated torrent of it or something like that yep like i rewatched all of them every rumble it is rough it like yeah Man, i don't this know one this, this is the one that reasons. they i don't know if this is the one that they still didn't have music oh they might not for, have because this is only the, the second one they might have some of it because the first one they definitely didn't, and it was just like Monsoon would just be like, "Who's coming out now? It's this person." It's like, e, it that pop that they kind of stumbled upon. Yep, 
for the rumble like yeah it doesn't show up until a little bit later but god dang i do it's love fun. that little monsoon thing after every match when uh it was time for fink to announce the winners he'd be like oh my god jake the snake won but let's let's hear it from the officials like i yeah. really liked that it, you know let's go to the official word yeah let's hear the official yeah, word like gotta be it's so serious like it's a seriousness and puts some emphasis on it it's just yes. oh, it's so good yes monsoon uh, loved his job he really did and he was real fucking good at it hey, you know uh, he dies in like i want to say 99 and he was on tv till like 98 his last on-screen appearance i believe was wasn't it a mania it was wrestlemania 15 i think like yeah he's in the crowd yeah. like or was, he was like a judge for like the brawl for all butterbean match oh, god, god i can't speaking fuck of i have to watch wrecks. brawl for all fuck oh yeah you, yeah, do. you get to watch that shit yep yeah it's gonna oh man i'm excited for 98 that's gonna be a fucking yeah nightmare uh, uh but yeah um yeah he he stopped being the commentator in at wrestlemania 9 um and became president in 97 yep yeah his his uh final appearance on wwf television before his death was one of the three judges for a brawl for all contest between bart gunn and butterbean um and, but uh, but like the camera didn't linger on him for uh, very long because he looked not yeah. great. But it was old, but he hurt. man he got such a pop. Like the crowd was so happy to see him, so happy to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we will be back next week uh, with the uh, with Royal Rumble nineteen eighty eight nineteen eighty nine. Coming up on just past the thirtieth anniversary. Jesus, coming up on man, it's. I'm turning 30 in a month and I'm not dealing with it well. Uh welcome. Well, sh- Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, they already do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.